This, this, this is a Take Deck Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Film Hags, a podcast where a few friends get together, a few hags get together and brew up some opinions and hot takes on movies we've been watching. Uh, this week, we have a very special guest, someone near and dear to our hearts, someone you might know from hit podcast Synonauts, Catcher. Our dear catcher, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I, I, I pretty much like strong armed you into making sure that I got on the show at some point. So <laughs> I'm just glad that it took very little effort, and I'm oh. really happy to be here. Really excited. It was no question. What are you even talking no. about? We were like, when is catcher going to be on? You were top of our list from day one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was there was no question whatsoever in when we were first coming up with like who our guests are going to be. Um we were just like we need catcher vibes and mm-hmm. and And yeah. what a movie to pick. I'm what? so excited to discuss it. Yeah, we're going to be talking uh so catcher actually got to pick the movie that we're going to be watching and we asked him what is a movie that's been burned into his brain. And I don't think it was particularly hard for you to choose. I think you came up with Sunrise. Sun, nope. Sunrise. Sun, sunshine. Sun, sunshine. Sunshine. <laughs> sunshine. Janika. Okay, can we talk about that too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you firing okay. your agent? I might have to fire my agent, Janika. Uh, I ba- basically, this stems back to back when we did uh, Big Chill mm-hmm. on Synonauts. And... She sort of managed, it's like, it's one of my favorite movies, and she somehow managed to trick Boom into, like, doing that movie. And so, in my mind, I was like, well, that's hilarious. Janika has to be be a part of any time I take over something of Boom's. So, I figured (laughs) I'd get get her to call in or write in as, like, with a writer of some kind, some sort of, like, hot shot podcast guy, which I'm obviously not. And then she managed oh, to screw up the title of the movie. <laughs> so not only did no. she screw it up, but she forgot to even mention it yes. in the first. She had to call back. She texted me. She's like, hey, what's the movie you're covering? And then I texted that back to her. And then she still managed to screw it up. So we're not watching Sunshine, Sunrise. We're watching Sunshine. Sunshine. I think sunshine. That's we're, right. We're, we're sure it's Sunshine, right? Almost yes. certain. Because I watched a sunshine last night, so <laughs> if we're if we're talking about sunrise, I'm fucked. <laughs> Wouldn't that no. be great though if everyone showed up and they had just seen a different movie with sunshine in the title, like Little Miss I Sunshine? Feel- someone else watched yeah. Before Sunset. You know, everyone sort of screwed up. I feel like that would be on that would be on brand for the chaos that is film Hicks. <laughs> yeah, so. But- but she did get the year right, and I had people be like, oh, did you actually mean this 20, 2007 movie? So I think people just, sun, 2007, yeah. we Day got there, we it's have, fine. We have Thank Google you. for a reason, we got That's there. Yes, yeah, totally. Janika, you're not fired yet. <laughs> not yet. <Yeah. laughs> Janika, on thin ice. You're on thin ice, baby. <laughs> um, cool, well, thank you, Catcher, for joining us. We're so excited. I think... 
a few of us were pleasantly surprised at how much we enjoyed this movie. Um, and we'll, we'll be talking about it in a little bit. But we always like to start our episodes off on a positive note because there's just sh- just so much shit going on these days. And, you know, we just like to start our episodes off with something nice that's happened in our weeks. We call it the peak of the week. So, Catcher, what's been your peak of this week? Uh, this week, the peak of the week is not a movie or a s- podcast or anything else. It was, I got a chance to go and uh, drive up with Emma, who is my girlfriend, and uh, her dog Polar, and we went up and actually got to see my parents uh, oh, last weekend. So that's so nice. We haven't seen them since Christmas, I think. Wow. Oh, so, wow. Which is, I think, a lot, in some cases, like a lot sooner than some people have had a chance to see their families, unfortunately. But, like, I've yeah. been lucked out that, like, last time I saw them was Christmas. And, yeah, we just, like, had lunch together. It was just, like, a small day trip. But it was... So oh it was so fun, so That's nice. That's lovely. Was it their first yeah. time meeting Polar? It's not the first time, okay. but um, my mom is not a fan of dogs. Oh, For, oh no. She How'd had a, a shitty experience when she was a kid. Mm. Um, and so I, I told her up front like a few months ago, like, we're going to have to figure this out because the dog comes where <laughs> we go. So we eased it in. And she, as I assumed as much as she's super empathetic, uh, fell pretty hard pretty quick oh so yeah. she's already like into she wanted to take pictures this is like the Aww. closest she's gonna get to grandkids at least for yeah. me so <laughs> she's embracing she's embracing it that way i think yeah it would be hard not to fall in love with polar honestly yeah yeah what kind of dog is polar she's sort of like i think she's a little bit of a mix mm. but she's mostly is it Jin- jindo they're like she's a south okay, korean yeah. a south korean Where did she- dog Where'd she get the dog? From the Humane Society here in the city a few years ago. She has some pups that are around. So, and I, we've seen a few dogs that sort of look like her. So we think that, that maybe, uh, we've seen a few of her pups, but they're around too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I actually think Jindos are so cute. I love Jindos. Seriously. And so like, because they used to be like royal dogs, they have like a, a stance, dogs. like they were like in South Korea, they were like revered as like big oh. deals for a long time. Now they're not, and they're bred like they're essentially food. But but they, mm. but they kept their good posture. Their posture is like when when Polar's just sitting, she looks like noble. Like it's Aww. really cool. All right, we got to get a picture of Polar on the Instagram when this is yep. released. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that would <laughs> be sure. fun. That would yeah, be yeah, totally. So fun. That's amazing, Catcher. Yeah. Also, just like if just seems like it's like, you know, normalcy is coming back into our lives where you get to visit people and see your family. So yeah, exactly. I'm happy you got to do that. Yeah. Cool. Um, boom. What was your peak of your week? What was the peak of my week? I feel like everything and nothing has happened this week. You've been busy. I've been busy. Yeah. I, well, I got a job, which like was a peak Ooh, until nice. I realized that that then meant that I had to work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I found um, like a podcast that I really love because at the beginning of 
COVID quarantine, they put every season of the sitcom Girlfriends on Netflix. And I had seen it yep. here and there, like back in the day, but it wasn't one that was like big on reruns. Um, So I never like followed it religiously, but I like tore the fuck through it. Um. <laughs> During one of the quarantines that we went through, and I've recently found this podcast called Oh Hell Yes, um, and it is two women t- literally talking about every single episode of Girlfriends, like just going through that it, and it's amazing. like, you Love think... That. You think it would be too much, but it's, like, really not because they're hilarious and they have amazing banter. And, like, the episodes themselves, like, from the show are 30 minutes long and every their episodes are, like, usually, like, around an hour long. But it's, like, Oh, they great. get into it. Oh, they get – they dive deep um, because it's just this – I mean, it's one of those like early 2000s shows. So there's like a lot of hot takes to kind of like extract yeah. from it. But also it's like a black woman led show, basically the black sex in the city. Um, so they yeah. are attempting like the show does attempt to kind of like touch on certain things or like experiences as a black woman. Um, so they really kind of like dive into that stuff and like dissect it in like a 2021 like through a 2021 lens but like not in a like overly like virtual virtue signaling way just like really genuine hilarious content so if you're a fan of girlfriend i I, i've been loving it i put it on when i'm cleaning i put it on when i'm walking biking everything i'm obsessed with it that's amazing can i Sorry, can, can I tell you something, Jess, what? that I've been keeping from you for the past... Oh, no. I think it's been almost a week, and oh, I no. thought of texting you immediately. Oh, no. But I'm like, I feel this might naturally come up in conversation on Film Hags at one point, and it might be good podcast content, so oh, I'm no. like... And and I was semi-scared to tell you. You're going to put me on the spot that, right here? In no, front of well, my brother, my flesh and <laughs> blood. <laughs> well, no, it's going to make me look bad and you not look bad at all. Okay. But it's been weighing on my conscience. Oh, no. Conscience. Okay, hit me with it. I was listening I was listening to Conan O'Brien's podcast and he had Tracy Ellis Ross. No, I'm, I'm um, walking off. <laughs> Goodbye. No, okay, okay. No, no, no. Full disclosure, love Tracy Ellis Ross. Okay. Love her. And the reason I'm bringing her up is because... She starred on Girlfriends. Okay. This is not just random. Um, but I had no idea she was Diana Ross's daughter. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. That's okay. I Like, no idea. Oh, my Sorry. gosh. <laughs> Listen, you don't understand what you just did to Boom right now. <laughs> the, emotional, the emotional, like, <laughs> roller coaster that she just went through is oh really intense. I can, Boot, you, I I can you feel it see, all the way over I here. I thought she was about Should to Should we like, reschedule this? Maybe. <laughs> like, I'm about to pass away. I thought you were about to Lynn Manuel Miranda me and tell me that you didn't like Tracy Ellis Ross. No. And I was like, I, I was like, I queen. can't do this. But, but I'm just disappointed because I love her so much. Yeah. And then she was like talking in this interview. She's like, oh, my mom, she's this icon, blah, blah, blah. And then mm-hmm. I Googled and I'm like, her mom is it's motherfucking Diana Ross. Diana Ross? 
And I never, I never put those, those like two and two together. That it's, makes her like 10 times more cool. A hundred percent. But I think what's exciting about the, the, I think it's exciting that you didn't know that her mother was Thank Diana you. Ross, because that means she's established herself apart from having yes. an absolute icon of a, of a mother. Like she's standing alone yeah. on her own two feet. Um, but oh, yeah, she kills it herself. Like she, she worked for where she's gone. Oh my sure. god, I love her so much. Um, but yeah, I'm okay. I'm not mad at that. As as long as you like okay. Tracy Ellis Ross, we're good. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna. Uh, don't worry. I just, I just had to like say it out loud. My heart started stupid, like beating fast. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you never know these days what's gonna come out of my mouth and the Ooh. hot takes that we're gonna talk about. So true. Cool. Truth to that. Um, I, I love that peak of the week. Love finding new podcasts. Mm-hmm. Me um, too. That's like the best feeling in the world is like finding a new podcast that you actually really enjoy. Yeah. Oh, totally. Especially when it's associated with a show. Like I, when I'm into a show, I love having a good podcast that deep dives into yeah. every episode. Yeah. Like yeah. Gilmore, Gilmore Guys for Gilmore Girls, <laughs> which yeah. similarly, there's the Gilmore Girls episodes are like 40 minutes and then the episodes of Gilmore Guys are like two and a half hours. Oh my God. <laughs> which is wild, but I could talk the shit out of that show. So oh, I get absolutely. It. And there's so much problematic stuff in that show that like, yeah, nah, anyway, but okay. So my peak of the week, is it yeah. my turn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for <laughs> it. Um, it should probably be the fact that I got my second dose yesterday, which I guess I'm kind of throwing that one in as well. But mm-hmm. also... Congratulations. Thank you so much. Also, the true peak of my week hasn't happened yet because it's happening tonight. We're recording this on Thursday night. And this is the premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars <gasps> Season 6. And I I just simply can't wait. And I'm so excited about it. And like... I love Drag Race. So, I mean, Sophie, Jess and I, or sorry, Sophie Boom and I all love Drag Race. So, mm-hmm. so does Ketra. We're big Drag Race fans. Ketra, you, you like do? it? Ketra's do, a yeah. huge Drag it, Race fan. Like, oh. I, I, I'm not like, I've not seen every season. I don't know the name of every person, but like watching it, it's like, it's my second favorite reality TV show on TV. Other than Love Island, Island first? Other than Love Island, yeah. Mm. Which Love Island's also starting uh, on Monday, week, right? Baby. Oh yeah. Ooh. Oh wait. Oh, I want to jump in. I want to change my peak of the week. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> to, to that. <laughs> that can be your next week peak of the week. Yeah. Or two weeks from now, I guess. Yeah. Um. But yeah, can't wait for that to start. There's so many. It's like a returning queen season. There's like a lot of great queens coming back. So I'm maybe so we we can we can find a way to incorporate Drag Race into a Hag Royale or into oh, film yes. Hags in general. We'll find a way. We'll find a way. Of course. All right, Sophie, what's your peak of the week? Honestly, I'm going to be boring and say that yesterday I also got my second dose of the COVID vaccine. Woo! Um, Maggie and I actually went to the same walk-in clinic, so it was it was nice. It, it I'm going to say this, and don't get mad at me, but it felt like the Hunger Games, and I know I've only seen half of the first... What? <laughs> oh, speaking You're gonna of You're going to come which, up, he- up actually, in no, here... Sp- and Speaking talk about the which, fucking Hunger Games. What? <laughs> well, we'll let you finish, and then I have something I have to no, say. No, I would... Okay, I'm, I'm scared. But no, it was just like slightly Hunger Gamesy because I literally had to run to get my vaccine mm. because they were like, we have Pfizer shots that are going to expire in 10 minutes. Whoever wants one just goes. And like it, they, the shots were literally expiring at 6 p.m. and it was like quarter to 
six. So I literally ran to get my shot and it felt like the, the world was ending and like this shot was going to save my life or something. So Mm. that was fun. And then I got ice cream after. So Mm. a very good strategically placed ice cream truck. He was, yeah, Maggie, you got some literally. He was lit. That ice cream truck was so lit. Like the lineup after your shot, every single person was getting ice cream. If there's any it ice cream truck drivers listening, go to vaccine clinics. clinics. <laughs> Everyone wants ice cream after they get a shot. Mm. This is your time. Yep. This is your time. Catcher, what do you have to say? I'm scared. Okay. So you guys had a wonderful episode last week. Um, mm-hmm. That was, I thought, just pretty genius. And I was yes. listening along. And there came a point where there was a specific question about films with uh top build actors all they're being, not white yes having yeah. no, and you gave the response sophie <laughs> of uh do the right thing and it, do, are the top build actors not do not the right white? thing is like or one white? of my favorite movies ever and oh, i no. knew back then that most of the actors in that movie would not be top build because they were all unknowns. Spike Lee is the lead actor in that movie. He's the director, but he is 100% not getting top billed. There is only one actor who... Well, yes, of course. But welcome. Well, well, (laughs) I I would say racism, yes, but also just, like, the confusion of, like, the Actors Guild and, like, the Actors Mm. Union and their rules. I don't know, though. I I did this experiment one night where I was, like, looking up films with, like, mixed cast cast members and Mm, more often than not like the colored people to the back like are even if they have like are even if it's samuel jackson he's like in an ensemble like seventh in line like right very common no i i I don't doubt that there's inherent racism in most of like the structures in our society. <laughs> uh, I, I just also know that there's also like oh, really shit. nonsense, like actor stuff, but I, I'm sad about that because now, now my win doesn't yes. feel well, like no, a win. You, you, but you lost that court category anyway. Did I? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, they're, Are you they're trying to only... take this away from me. Well, Patrick? I was just, I was just shook because I was like, David, <laughs> well, Ayo- I, David, my... Ayo- Ayo- yeah. Ayo- Ayola, Ayo- I can't yeah, pronounce yeah. that. I was like, for sure, he's the only top build actor. In that mm. movie. And I looked it up, and I was like, he is. Shit, I, I like, just oh. instantly thought Spike Lee, and then of course, yeah. But yeah. I guess that was like early. He's but also, but he's the biggest think- actor. Like he would have been at the time the biggest draw for anybody to see that movie would have been him, right? Because everyone yeah. else was that was only his what third, uh, second or third film. Most yeah. like uh, Samuel L. Jackson is it? No one knew who he was. Like Giancarlo Esposito, he was also yeah. in it. No one knew who he was at the time. So, but would he be in the top four? He wasn't even in the top four. Oh geez, the Holy mayor shit. and Ruby, who, the mayor that whoever played the mayor and Ruby D were top or technically second line, but uh, they were the next two in line from there. You know what we should do? God damn it! Um, what? So if you might have to edit part of this out 
But like at the end of the episode, we should get Catcher to do the one hag is right question and see if we can get Hunger Games back on the table for. Mm. Yo, I'm down. Oh. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have time, but yes, we should if we have time. Yeah, we'll make time. Oh yeah. Oh, I have to ask uh, a question. Okay. We make the rules. I love it. All right. Putting Hunger Games back on the table. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Make her watch um, them all. That's the goal now. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about when listening to the episode to just change my pick, but it was too last minute to Hunger Games. Just so that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't have liked I'm, you. I wouldn't I'm have glad liked you. didn't because I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, should we get into talking about it then? Yes. Catcher, do you have anything else you want to call me out on? Or? No, that's all. That's <laughs> okay. it. I just needed to set the record straight. I love it. No, that's fair. That's fair. But my win is still a win. That's all that matters. All right. For now. Let's get in to Sunshine. Um Catcher's pick for a movie that's been burned into his brain. Um, it's a movie from 2007. It's a science fiction psychological thriller, but I would say almost kind of a horror as well. Um, directed by Danny Boyle, written by Alex Garland. Um, we're going to let Catcher kind of give you a, a synopsis of the movie because it's pretty wild, but there's an amazing ensemble cast in this movie. We got Cillian Murphy a young Chris Evans, pre-Captain America, I think. Yep. Okay, wait. Before we is get into Cillian this, is it or Killian, Killian or Cillian? It's Thank Killian you. Murphy. Oh, shit. Okay, okay, cool. I just thought we should nip that right away. <laughs> in case. Yes, Killian. Killian. I had no idea. T- to be honest, I'm not like a super Killian fan, so I didn't know that. Uh, Killian Murphy, Chris Evans, Rose Byrne, Michelle Yeoh, Cliff Curtis, Troy... Garrity, Hiroyuki Sanada, Benedict Wong, and Chipo Chung. Great cast. Just great putting that cast. out there. Yes. Also, absolutely killer. I cast. have things to say about the representation in this film later, but go Asian representation in this mm-hmm. film. Um, but we can talk about that later. Anyways, Catcher. Yes. Why was this movie burned into your brain other than. You staring too closely at the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there's sort of like two separate stories. I'll tell like the sort of short one and then the longer one after, or the more important one second. But this is burned into my brain. Short reason is I was offered the opportunity to see about like a early screening of this movie. Whoa. Many years ago, while I was working with some people like at, at this camp, and one of the people who worked there had passes. And she offered me the opportunity to go and see it. And I didn't know anything about it. And the title of the movie had me assume it was some sort of like romantic something or other. Yeah, and so totally. I absolutely passed on it. And <laughs> oh, no. it ended up becoming one of my favorite movies. So it is burned into my brain as a memory too. Whenever you are offered the opportunity to see a free movie, just yeah, take wait, just take so, it. And so and, did you not do any research on it or you're just like sunshine that must be a chick flick. It was also, like Also hate that <gasps> term. Sorry, I just said that. I'm so sorry I just said that term. <laughs> Jess's gasp. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but you got to do some research before you say no. We all yeah, have, when you were we a teenager. Have, we all have yeah, to true. learn lessons. We it's all true, have to true. learn life lessons the hard way and the lesson I took was I didn't want to be inconvenienced of having to run there quickly after work. Do you not remember the marketing campaign for this film? Because I no, saw this. No, because this was I before saw this it came in out. Theater. Oh, it's before it came out. Okay. 
Well, this that's when like marketing like campaigns like happen. It's true. It's true. I screwed up. I. This is why it's burned into my mind. This is the torture. This is the torture I live with. The trailer for uh, this movie is burned into my brain because they use the Requiem for Dream um, oh, sound, soundtrack uh, yep. in the trailer. Oh. Oh. Which is kind of amazing given like the future of this movie because the soundtrack of this movie has been used in countless trailers. Okay. Countless I trailers. I had no idea if I'm like, there were some like songs in the movie that I'm like, I've definitely heard this before. Yes. I don't know if it's like an overused song that's used in like every sci-fi movie ever, or if this is like where it came from. But I'm like, it's also 2007. That wasn't like that long ago, you know, but yeah, there, yeah, there was, there was definitely there was some like, like m- music that I've heard before. Yeah, there was like a scene of him in the airlock where they were playing like suspenseful music, and that specific score, I was like, yeah. I've heard this so many times. They, that yeah. one where he's jumping across, like yeah. from that compartment to the other compartment, that whole mm. that whole theme has been used. I cannot tell you how many times in trailers, and every time I hear it, I'm like, I know that's from Sunshine. And yeah. that, so that Sunshine was the first. Yes, the, it, this was music written for this movie. And then oh. they've since used it in other trailers and stuff, which just happens all the time. Like you said, in the trailer for this movie, they use the Requiem soundtrack, which itself is constantly used for movies all the yeah. time as well. Yeah, also, yeah. the Requiem soundtrack is stressful. And then, like, add it to Sunshine. That's just like, oh. let's make the most stressful possible trailer. <laughs> yeah. I want to go watch that after, though, because I, I, I want to, that would be intense. The Requiem. The trailer so- or Requiem yeah, for the trailer. a Dream? Okay. Well, Requiem for a Dream is fucking intense, too. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. besides the point, what what is reason number two? It's burned into your brain. The so, important reason. So the real yeah. reason was when I finally did take the opportunity to watch this movie. It was already like on DVD. And so I went to my Blockbuster and rented it because it was, I found out it was a sci fi movie. By this point, I had gotten like deep into sci fi. I had just discovered like Stanley Kubrick in a real way. Nice. <laughs> and uh, I was living with my parents and I had like a chill hangout spot in the basement where me and my brother would partake in. Lettuce. Lettuce, yes. Mm. That 70 <laughs> uh, show basement scenes would it, be... No, you know what? Yes. We're, we're all actually, yes, here. Actually, yes. We're all yeah, we smoked here. Weed. We, can, we smoked yeah. weed in the basement we as well. smoked <laughs> marijuana because That's it's right. legal and we can right. suck it. So, and we could in 2007, too. We could in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> right. Whether or not that was legal then. Yeah. Um, so... So you're getting stoned. Uh, I'm getting and stoned, in, and I, yeah. I watch movies in the basement. That's what I was always doing. So I put this movie in, and there's a scene that we'll get to at a certain point where uh, they have to adjust the shields, and they're going oh, yeah. out on the on the deck, like on the actual shield itself. And yep. uh, Kaneda has yep. to stay on the shield because he can't make it back off the shield in time, and the sunlight is coming towards him. Oh, and I have that, so many things to say about that scene. We'll, Same. And, we'll, and we'll get to it. I'm it's writing on my it list. down right yeah. now. Um, <laughs> but the tension of the music, the way this, and we'll get into this, the sound design of the danger of the sun as it's coming towards him. And then he screams out while our psychiatrist guy is asking him viciously, like, what do you see? What do you yep. see? And he's, mm it finally like engulfs him and he catches on fire and he screams Mm -hmm. this guttural scream. I've never heard a sound like that in my life. And I, 
my heart basically stopped beating and and I had a small panic attack and as soon as that scene ended I stood up and I turned the TV off and I went to bed because oh I was so stressed by what so I had seen. You didn't finish it? I didn't finish it. I had to finish it the next morning. It was so intense oh that also, that experience mm-hmm. And it was probably the drugs, too. Part of the drugs. <laughs> but the filmmaking in this movie no, is totally. so incredible. Total. It's insane. Um, oh, yes. Definitely okay. the drugs, but yes, so quick, great. Quick sidebar. Yep. Um, what, was Anthony watching this with you? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Because otherwise, just like, well, we're done this. for the night. <laughs> yeah. I just left him down there. <laughs> I, I definitely have been in those situations, though, where I've been a little zooted and watching really intense movies where I've had to shut it off. And just because I was feeling too much, like, you know, when you're just like, I can feel this in my soul and it's definitely a combination of anxiety from the movie and like the movie being able to make you feel things, but then also the anxiety from the drugs you're partaking in. Yeah. But I, I could totally see that happening for this movie. And yeah, Maggie, I, I'm surprised it, that didn't happen to you. It happened to me last night. But yeah. just being able to text you guys being like, I am so stressed, probably every 25 minutes for the whole yeah. movie, it, and, it helped. Just being able to say like, my God, I'm stressed. And or I like, would just, oh respond- my God. <laughs> I just responded to you, Maggie, you're not going to get less stressed anytime <laughs> soon. Yeah, exactly. I think the first time I texted saying I am so stressed was when they went out to fix the shield. That was really stressful. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Should okay. I should I do my thing? I guess. Yes. Let's do it. Let, what what is this movie about? Give us a synopsis, catcher. What do you get when you mix the Scarecrow from Batman, Captain America and Wong from The Avengers, Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, Moira McTaggart from X-Men, Smiley from Training Day? Super cop herself, and a small cameo from Sinestro from Green oh my Lantern. God. Oh, and also some guy named Harvey, I guess. Whoever that <laughs> is. The film you get is Sunshine, obviously. A 2007 sci fi masterwork from director Danny Boyle, who is responsible for such, classic, such classics as Train Spotting, 28 Days Later, mm. Slumdog Millionaire and the opening ceremony for the 2012 Summer Olympics. <laughs> and his frequent writer and collaborator, Alex Garland, who wrote The Beach, Dread, Never Let mm. Me Go, and directed sci-fi masterpieces Ex Machina and Annihilation. I could give a synopsis for this movie, but I think my buddy Killian Murphy did a, a much better job at this, uh, setting the stakes for this movie in the opening of the film. So I'm just going to cut to him now. All right. Let's hear it from you, Killian. Our sun is dying. Mankind faces extinction. Seven years ago, the Icarus Project sent a mission to restart the sun. But that mission was lost before it reached the star. Sixteen months ago, I, Robert Kappa, and a crew of seven left Earth frozen in a solar winter. Our payload, a stellar bomb with a mass equivalent to Manhattan Island. Our purpose, to create a star within a star.
Whoa. I actually didn't realize how well they re- he really, like... They frame it. That's mm. that's all they say about the situation yeah. on Earth. And that's yes. all you that's need all to you know. Need. That's yeah. all you need to know. Um, that's, like, to me, like, one of the best setup. Like, it, it just so perfectly sets everything up. It gives you all the tension that you need, all the problems. Mm. And then it just throws you right into it. And it's, like, a bit of exposition, but it's perfect in how it manages to do it i like it because it cuts out all of the like with space movies like any build-up to them like going on the mission it's like no we're gonna cut all that out like there we're already mid-mission and we can just start from there yeah well, that so, mission is like so that. long to begin mm. with and that's what's really great about the movie i think um is the way it grounds everything in a, in a somewhat like realistic manner uh the way they approach all, all the scientific parts of this movie um, yeah, but I also like that it was at a part in the mission where they're like, they were about to get to a point where they didn't have contact right. with yeah. Earth anymore, mm. um, which I found like a really interesting thing because yeah. I feel like it just kind of adds to the suspense of it and to the like gravity of the situation that they're in. And Yeah, there's I, no way out. There's no way out. Y- yeah, the only thing I will say, I wish... Maybe it's a little too early for me to bring this up, but I do wish that we knew a little bit more about certain characters' stories on Earth to make me care about why they were acting the way that they acted. Mm. But I feel like there wasn't really room for that, and I understand why that wasn't put in. But I feel like I kind of wish there was like a handful of flashbacks to people's lives, mm. you know? Yeah, they do They do a little bit of that with Kappa when he's sending his, like, last message back right. home where yeah. they sort of, like, try and say, okay, hey, this is what's going on, this is what we're going to do, and, like, oh, there is family. And then even uh, Mace's response to not being able to send that package, his own package out due to the, you know, the uh, communication breakdown. Like, yeah. they, they see it in a little bit, but I, I agree about that. Like, the, the you could maybe have more stakes. But the stakes is the whole planet of Earth. Totally. Oh. Totally. I and feel they, like the stakes couldn't home. be higher. Yeah. The yeah. stakes are... Any space movie, like, the stakes are so high because there's just zero margin for error, like, as was seen. But, like, it just... Yeah. This movie, the stakes are so incredibly high. And okay. actually, that's what I thought they did a really good job with is, like, any time they did any- anything, like, even minorly, like, off the plan, it was, like, such a big deal because, like, it would be a huge deal. But, like, I feel like some space movies, it's just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to, like, hop outside casually, no big deal. But this movie was like, no, we're going outside the ship, and it's a huge, it's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, everything that. in a real-life, like, space scenario is very calculated, very considered, like every part of your day is like scheduled out for you. Like nothing, Mm -hmm. everything is very Mm -hmm. fragile. And I like the way that they managed to do that. Um, Yeah. So you mentioned at the beginning about uh, the cast, like and how like star studded it is. And at the time, this was not the case. Like most of these people at this time were like, Nobody really knew who most of them were. Michelle Yeoh is probably like the biggest person in this movie at that time. And Chris um, Evans, I'd yeah. say. No, not at the time. Chris Evans wouldn't have been like people had like when was uh, he was in? He was, um, he was about Fantastic to get started Fantastic on MCU Four. stuff. Yeah, which was doing like which object like was objectively 
terrible movies, but we're doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, actually, the first one was in two th- was in two thousand five, but I don't think he was like a standout in that movie. But he just he wasn't where he would become, like mm. as Captain America. Um. But what did you guys think of the acting? I guess that was really like the question. Like, what did you think about the acting, the characters? Like, what? Did, how did you guys? Well, I just want to like quickly just touch on the casting because I was just on the wiki right before a recording, and to be honest, like when I saw like the crew and like who the cast was going to be for the rest of the movie, I'm like, it's kind of wild that there's like three Asian people on in this cast, just in terms of like. 2007 and it being like this big sci-fi thriller that that cast could have easily been all white like Mm -hmm. at that time and like the type of movie it is it could have easily been all white so I was like wait why I don't know why in my mind I was just like I need to research how this happened um but on the wiki it says that Boyle wanted the cast to be international to reflect the mission's purpose of it being for like, you know, all of all earth of and mankind. all of mankind. Um, but then, which I mean, it wasn't super international cause it was just kind of like white people and Asian people. Yeah. But apparently they had like people um, weigh in and apparently the people who were like consulting on the film said that their belief was that the American and Chinese space programs would be the most developed. Mm in the time that they would actually be doing this so that it would probably be like American and Asian people on, on the ship. So I don't know to me, I feel like maybe if they were actually trying to go for like an ensemble cast that represented all of mankind, they could have maybe done a little better with representation. But at the same time, I was super stoked to see all of these like badass Asian like actors who are now like most of them are decently big yeah, um, yes, and have gone on to like do some pretty cool stuff. So I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. At Cliff Curtis, to be fair, is from New Zealand and he's Maori, Maori or at least. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Sorry. there is yeah, totally. like, a little, I, but I agree. I, I, I see what the point you're making, but yeah, I think they definitely, it is impressive. Like you said, just to be yeah. like, wow, they're not, it's not just a bunch, like a bunch of white dudes and white ladies. Totally. I, for the acting, I honestly thought they did a really good job. And Sophie, I know you said you wanted more backstory, but I kind of like that we didn't get too much backstory. But I still feel like I know, like, they all had distinct personalities. Totally. That, like, I was able to grasp pretty early on. I really liked that about it. Um, also, I just have to say, like, I loved Chris Evans in this movie. I thought he was really good. He was good. And, and he was also the character that I felt like I agreed with the entire time. That I was like... Yes, like listen to Chris Evans. Um, I was Team Chris Evans. Anyway, <laughs> I I really liked him in this in, in this movie, and I I was like, I was totally on board with what he was doing acting wise. But he was the character who made me be like, I wish I knew why he cared so much about saving Earth because it felt like, and what? this, I mean, <laughs> what's the what's the sentence you just made? What did I say? You you just said I don't understand why he he think it's important to save Earth as if (laughs) as if that wouldn't be a big deal. No, I mean like it felt like there was like other reasons. Like he wanted like someone on Earth to survive for some reason, which I know is like obviously like all of their. More self-serving like, than the rest. Yes. Besides yeah, that, like, uh, it didn't, that one it didn't guy feel... who is literally so self-serving. Yeah. 
Yeah, it didn't feel like Chris Evans was doing it for all of mankind. Like, it felt so personal to him. Like, he had to do it for, like, a specific reason on Earth. I don't know. I kind of disagree because I feel like he was very being very, like, logical. He was like, yes, I understand the emotional reasons you guys want to go to Icarus 1, but, like, we need to save all of mankind. The mission is... I feel like he was very mission focused and he was very like we can sacrifice the man for the mass and i like i honestly was on on team chris evans a whole the whole way through no yeah i again i was team chris evans but i just wanted to know why he was so intense about it like <laughs> why, what 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 was that because it takes a certain driving force i think for someone to be that focused on a mission this intense my perspective I wish I knew what that was. My perspective was always like his background must have been military or something mm. yeah, like that. Like totally. that was always the vibe that I got, like the proper mm. kid. Um, totally. That makes sense, actually. Now, in terms of like uh, the dialogue and just in terms of like talking about the performances, I, the writing in this is so great. And I love the way that the characters like interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that they never call it a bomb has always, like, stuck in my head. It's always referred to as the payload. Payload, Like, yeah. that they would consider the psychological effects of mm, language. Like, right. the idea that, that they would be sitting around and talking bomb, 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 bomb all the time, you'd, it would totally play with you. Mm. And I love the way that they, like, even in, like, psychology is such a vitally important underpinning of this movie. And oh, totally. the way they approach it and like the science of it, like even that hollow deck room that they that okay. they have where it's the they knew that people would like on such a long the observation mission. Room? Yeah, the observation room where it like mimics like physical yeah. places. Like it almost works like a hollow deck, oh. like from something like Star Trek. But yeah. um I just like that everything about this movie, the way it's written, and the characters do such a good job of embodying this, where it just everything feels very real. Where totally. it's like the stakes are you get and that creates the stakes i think i will Mm. say the psychologist was my least favorite character and i found him incredibly annoying especially (laughs) in that scene where the captain was risking his life and sacrificing his life to Mm -hmm. fix the the shield and i know why he was saying it but when he was saying what are you feeling right now what do you see what do you see see? i was literally yelling at my tv shut the fuck up this person (laughs) is dying he doesn't owe you anything like he's literally just experiencing death right now so shut like i yeah oh i got so mad in that scene and he was just kind of he seemed kind of self-serving the entire time it's a lot but i think he is because obviously the ending is a lot um and I think yeah. he his character is kind of meant to bridge the gap of like our understanding, like what's going to come later, because you see him kind of in these maybe beginning to middle stages of his like obsession and infatuation with like being enveloped by light and like seeing the yeah. sun for what it is and being like completely entranced and like awestruck by it. Um, and I think that helps the audience understand like what happened to the crispy dude in the end. Like <laughs> correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I'm still not, I don't know if it's too early to jump to this, but I'm still yeah. not super clear as to what the crispy dude was and mm. why he existed. He was and the w- captain from Icarus one. No, I understood yeah. that, but like, what was his deal? Like okay. what? Let's get into it. Cause that is the thing that I think actually I didn't, 
like about the movie. Everything else I loved, unless mm-hmm. Catcher, you want to get to other things first. I just, I need to dissect this crispy dude. No, that's fine. I, I think we should actually deal with it up top because I think historically this film and uh, a lot of people disregard it or give it a hard time because of its ending, because mm. of that character. And it goes mm-hmm. from sort of like a sci-fi movie into almost like a horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that transition, I think it eats, it eats a lot of, it's a lot of shit for that. Um, yeah. but I just think what's, I've always enjoyed that part and the whole character of him and that whole process and that transformation of our psychiatrist character that you were talking about before. Mm-hmm. I, what, to me, what it represents is the sun is this like all powerful thing. And the movie does such mm. an incredible job of like cr- expressing yeah. that power and like whenever you see sun reflecting off like the mirrors on the front of the ship uh, totally. that protect the ship, like the way that sa- it sounds more like a tornado, you know, it sounds so yeah. aggressive and, and the sun is constantly a source of pressure on these people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the idea that like human beings this is such like a natural humanistic thing of just being in awe of something and, and sort of like the religiousness that sort of stems from this experience mm-hmm. that these oh. people keep running into. And I love this idea that like the psychological power of just coming to grips with something. S- we we really have no grasp of how big or how powerful it is just like hanging out at the yeah. beach, you know? And, oh, like, totally. Right. So, so it just adds this pressure of like, this thing is mythical. Oh, and to- and yeah. I, yeah. I think it's, it, it, it is like, I remember in my, my university days when I was doing what you were doing, Catcher, and smoking weed and watching movies, I watched yeah. Zeitgeist. Do you remember that mm-hmm. yes. documentary? Uh-huh. And yeah. they go into like how so many like ancient religions are like based on the sun and mm-hmm. and the the cycles of the sun and the moon and all that kind of stuff. So I do think there is something like inherently in innately human of like being in awe of the sun and attracted to it and like trying to understand like what it does to us and like how it is literally giving us life in a way. But yeah. And I felt that during this movie, I totally felt the importance of the sun and it felt like that is a cool way to die. In my opinion, <laughs> like, after watching this movie, like I want to be engulfed by the sun. Like when, like, when Cliff Curtis goes and he just like opens up the heat shield and, yes. and just like the whole thing goes, oh, so cool, man. Just so cool. I love the way, even like the way they use the, that sort of viewing deck where yeah. there's like the screen where you can just look yes. out mm-hmm. the front of the ship yes. and it's got like that dimming technology and totally. just the way even they show like Mercury for the st- first time. Yeah. And it's so, and it it's so, so small. Yeah. And, and you just, you, you, everything is constantly. It, it like uh, pale in comparison to like the sun, you know, and, and you're constantly just feeling like like a big dumb big dummy in front of it. Totally. <laughs> okay, for the back to the crispy guy for a second, just because I also was I reading love crispy guys, crispy so guys. <laughs> I was also reading a lot of criticisms about the fact that like the first two movies, first two acts, sorry, are like building up this great sci-fi story, and then the third act kind of becomes a slasher movie. Uh, but I have to say, I actually really, I enjoyed his character because what I really liked about this 
is I feel like in a lot of sci-fi space movies where there's a crew on a spaceship, like a plot point is always that one person on the crew is like secretly working for the other side or like goes like loses it and turns on the rest of the team. And like that really wasn't the case with this crew. And I really liked that the crew just seemed like super dedicated to the mission other than Harvey, which even I actually feel like he was still dedicated to the mission. He was just a little bit more afraid than mm-hmm. the others or a little bit more of a coward, I guess. But it just really seemed like everyone in the crew was ready to lay their life down for the mission. Even when they realized like they weren't going to survive, they were all just like, okay, well, we still have to make sure the mission happens. Totally. So the only without making a character on the crew turn against the rest of the crew, the only way for the story to, like, hit a snag is to introduce another character. So I feel like yeah. when they brought in the crispy guy, it was basically, like, because they didn't want any of the crew to turn, which I appreciated because I feel like that's kind of predictable in a space movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that is totally so even, fair. So even though, like, I was so annoyed when he came on, I was like, oh my god, like, like where did this friggin' crispy dude come from? <laughs> like, I liked it because... Like, otherwise, they're all really brilliant scientists. So, like, as soon as you see Icarus 1 on the page, it's like, okay, now they're diverting their course. Okay, this that's going to cause an issue. But then, like, once they link up with Icarus 1 and they figure out there's an oxygen, sh- oxygen source, like, everything kind of could have gone according to plan. And mm-hmm. the only hitch would have been Crispy Dude coming on. Mm-hmm. So I and he him blows out the airlock, right? Like he, yeah. He, there's like he incites like certain things that are kind of like integral to the story. I just don't fully understand the um, um, like ideology behind who, what he is, and what so, he becomes. Like I get it to a certain point, and then I kind of just fall off a cliff. He's he's what? just he believes that Earth like every like it's not worth it like the, yeah. the sun is doing no, what it wants and if this if that means that Earth is it's doomed, it seemed more but, religious than that like it seemed like he found a re- he wants to be the last human I think because he said yeah. he wanted to be the last person looking into God and like he wanted everyone to fry and then mm-hmm. it'd just be like him and the sun and God but, but it's more so I like. Also, the like mechanics of or mechanics or whatever of like what the story, his abilities are and like why <laughs> is he like now have like why does he have powers like was re- yeah but it does, does that happen because he yeah like he, does, he, he doesn't have powers well he have powers. what i thought that too that he seemed superhuman like there he was like superhuman or supernatural. he definitely seems superhuman or supernatural to me because there's no way he was just a fucking crispy dude that yeah. got like a lot of like skin damage or sun damage like there was something more to him that made him seem super powerful like especially yeah. in that like last scene where like and the way he's edited like yeah, the maybe it's the editing that's making it. I, I yeah. think it's because if we had seen him like head on crispy, it would have just looked incredibly corny, which is why they made it like confusing. So you never got a clear image of him. So it was like yeah. kind of up to your imagination of what he looked like. But from my understanding, and actually this is another Maggie does the math that I'm confused about because they said six and a half years ago, the crew, the rest of Icarus one crew fried themselves. So, and but that would have been when they were supposed to, uh, deliver the payload. So that would have been six months into their trip, but we didn't arrive at Mer- Mercury until 16 months into the Icarus 2 trip. So that doesn't really make sense to me. But anyway, <laughs> I think like 
once they all fried, he was just by himself on the ship for six and a half years, became obsessed with the sun. Um, and I do truly, like, I think he didn't have any powers and he was just exposing himself to the sun so much that his skin became burnt and crispy all over. And he and, had like, so much like, sun damage. And, yeah. But it just makes me, but it, it's just like from everything else that they were like showing in the movie, they just like made it seem like don't look at the sun or your eyes will literally like you'll be blind or yeah. like the sun seems so powerful. So for him to like be able to blind. like have like put up a fight with Rose Byrne, even though he's like almost burnt to a crisp, like he seemed a little too powerful to be doing the shit that he was doing. But I guess everyone was kind of weak near the end of the movie too, because they yeah. only had like so much oxygen and stuff like that. But I don't know. I he didn't, literally I didn't, is like I didn't love holding it. them up. He's like that's what I mean. Holding them up over the thing, like it seemed yeah, like but, very but Darth not, Vader. Like it seemed like long. he was using the Force. Like yeah, true. I I think uh, for me, like the way that I sort of see it is he becomes sort of like an extension of the Sun's power, mm-hmm. uh, and mm, and he okay. sees himself as like the will of the Sun, basically. And so like he sees Earth's demise again. Now this is because he's been, you know, alone for a long time, worshiping the sun. You know, so yeah. he's got a lot of psychological issues. But his whole totally. feeling is, this is what's supposed to happen, and I'm going to stay here and wait until the next guys show up because this is the will of of God, and God yeah. wants this to happen, and so I will make sure it will be done, and it will be done right. And I think what's cool about how they shoot him is he isn't, and from my perspective, supernatural anyway. Like he's not, he does not superhuman, but the way they shoot him is amazing. Where yeah. the lenses mm-hmm. that they use just warps everything yeah. around him. And it's this idea that like you can't, like, like the sun, as he is like a disciple of the sun, you can't really look at him di- yeah. n- directly. And he sort of emits a sort of like, radiation yeah. maybe not totally. but like I, I, the way that he f- screws with the camera like the film does a really amazing job and yeah. uh, this is the next thing i wanted to get into but like the way the styling of the, and the camera work emphasizes like the his power in the room just standing there like he must be hot like it must be hard to be even yeah. be around him um, i think someone touches him at one point and it like sounds and it burns sticky. them yeah. I think even too. Like Ooh, it's hot I can, to touch. I can smell him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um but yeah, like getting into that like bridging, I guess. Like what did you guys think of the visuals of the movie? Cuz I just think it's excellent. Between like the actual dis- the creation of the sets, like yeah, production designs, I, the the lenses, everything. I love the production of this and it felt like they were on a spaceship. And I know that's like very like whatever to say about a sci-fi movie, but you know, sometimes you watch sci-fi things and you're like, it doesn't feel like they're actually in space. Like it feels like a set. This felt like it was actually in space. And I loved just all the colors that were used in the movie. Anytime they were like looking at the sun in like the observation room, like it was, it was just like mesmerizing in a way. Like I said, like, 
I don't know. There were scenes where I'm like, I this is how I want to die. If I'm going to die, I want to die <laughs> being engulfed in the sun. And, and it's I think because like I don't know, it was just so visually stunning. And I'm like, this it's beautiful. It, it, all the death scenes, as much as they were like a lot of them were gruesome, but some of them like were still beautiful in a way. Like when Michelle Yeoh dies with the like oh. with the plant in her hand, mm. like that could have easily been cheesy like to to have that shot but to me that was just so beautiful i don't know there was something about the death scenes that i really loved they all sort of like like help like connect you with the people that you're watching yes like i think the, the understanding of the characters and who they are mm-hmm. just helps so much in t- like helping tie out their story like totally. and the fact that what's his name stupid harvey what's that guy's name Troy or something. Troy something. Yeah, yeah, that that guy. Like the fact that he goes out the way he does, just yeah. like frozen, left outside, like his worst nightmare. Like mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah. oh my goodness. But would that be that bad? Yes. I was thinking that. Do you think it would hurt? Yes. Can we talk about that scene for a second? <laughs> yeah. Just because I felt like I felt like as much as we've been saying the science stuff is really realistic and like I liked how like every minor thing was like such a big deal, that scene to me was just so unrealistic. Like there is no way when anyone would ever survive not in a spacesuit. Like that was so ridiculous. Like even the fact that like Chris Evans was like basically okay, like ten minutes, like he was chilly, but then like was able to do more stuff, like he wouldn't even have survived, obviously. And I don't know. I thought that scene, I was kind of annoyed by that scene because I was like, okay, this is kind of taking me out of it because this scene is so ridiculous. And yeah. I feel like if they had had three spacesuits and just like the same thing happened, the guy just didn't make it and like floated off and then like decided to take off his helmet to kill himself because he knew he wasn't going to get back. Something like that, like, I feel like would have been just as good dramatically, but would have like been more satisfying because it wasn't as unrealistic. Yeah. I kind of. Okay, that that moment was like absolutely ridiculous, um, and this the, I watched this movie like in April, and I like was pretty excited by that. Like I was just like, oh my god! <laughs> I was like, what are they gonna do? And they're like, oh, we're gonna use the insulation and like shoot ourselves, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> to it the other so ship. quickly too. I'm like, this is so fucking stupid, but like. This is amazing. <laughs> That's when I literally I thought when that scene happened, uh, I was like, we need to get Jason Goldman on this podcast to explain if that is possible. Jason from Dune Pod, yeah. because he explained Interstellar on on yeah. their episode of Interstellar so well in like physics and science terms and i'm like yeah. i need to debrief with jason to know if you can just get yeeted from one <laughs> spacecraft to another yeah. just wrapped in like aluminum foil basically also another thing that was annoying was like we just got to hold our breath and exhale slowly and like close our eyes but like no one counted it down for them like no if that was me i would need a countdown because like you don't want to be wasting your you know what I mean? Like no one counted oh, down. It was it happens. It happened so quickly. Like at first, no. I didn't even know what was happening, and then all of a sudden, they were getting fucking blown to the other yeah. side. I'm like, oh, I guess they're doing that. Uh, it just, yeah, that part was a lot, but it mm-hmm. had to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. But even that scene, like I know we've said that the psychiatrist 
seemed self-serving, which I, I do agree with. Like, he was obsessed with the sun and seemed, like, very into that. But at the same time, he still, like, kind of understood, like, okay, I'm going to stay behind. Like, the psychiatrist, Mace, and uh, Kappa, they the three of them seem to, like, be on, on the same understanding of, like, okay, Kappa is the one who needs to be in the suit because, like, he is the most important. Psychiatrists realize he's the most expendable. He stays behind. So, like, even though he was self-serving throughout the movie. Like he still was willing to like lay down his life for the mission. Yeah, totally. I, th- so. I think that's just because they, they're setting him up to explain who Pinbacker is, who's the, the, the captain mm. of the other ship who we've been talking Crispy. about, Mr. Crispy. Um, <laughs> Mr. Crispy. He, Mr. Crispy. Uh, whatever, the psychiatrist character, he, he, his job is to like have the audience understand intellectually, like, where he has yeah. come from and like how far now he has gone. Uh, totally. So because maybe yeah. in one, maybe in some way he was more willing to stay behind because he knew, okay, now I can expose myself to the sun. Well, he was pretty mm. stoked about it. Yeah. He was you know. super stoked about it. Um, just in terms of time, do we have any closing thoughts? Anything we really want? Oh my to gosh. Talk I have, I have so much more to say. I know, but <laughs> l- all right, let's get into it. What's something you really okay, want to okay. say? I have a few things that I want to say. The flashing photographs on the screen. Did you guys? (gasps) Yes. That was the creepiest part of this movie to me. Because I I agree. Because they don't do that for like. So when when they're boarding Icarus 1, they start flashing just like really quickly to the point where I thought that I had found like a hidden gem and like they weren't supposed to be in there, but they obviously were of like a photograph like there's a group photo on Icarus mm. 1 of them all in like Hawaiian apparel and it's like similar to the Icarus 2 photograph of them all in like Santa Claus hats or something mm-hmm. anyway so like when they're boarding Icarus 1 and the whole time they're on Icarus 1 they keep flashing just like for a split second pictures of the past crew oh. and it's super creepy it's like it, it like if you weren't like intensely looking at the film like you probably would have missed it like if you're blinking but it that to me was like one of the like spookiest scenes is like when they're in this like really dark like abandoned spaceship and Mm -hmm. it just keeps like flashing to these people's faces um and i was just ready for one of them to like come and like attack them that's when i'm like this seems like it's gonna go down a horror you know Mm -hmm. turn path yeah yeah Okay, I have another thing to say. I read something that said apparently the director has said that, um, I think his name was um, Trey, the the guy oh. who makes the mistake, Yes, um, doesn't actually take his own life. Pinbacker kills him and makes it look like a suicide yeah. so that no one is aware that he's boarded the ship. Yeah. I think that's kind of implied oh. because he has the same... Because Chris Evans, when he, like, when they kind of are debating whether or not they should kill um, what's-his-face so they can save oxygen, he, like, grabs one of the scalpels that, um, like, spins. Um, Mm. So you get, like, introduced to that as, like, a weapon. And you see that, I think, Mm. two are missing. One's missing. I can't remember. Two Um, of them. And then... Right. Okay, yeah. Two are missing. And then... Later, you see Mr. Crispy with with it because that's what he kills Michelle Yeoh <laughs> and, with, right? And he hits um, he strikes Kappa well. with it as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, I did, I was thinking like, okay, that seems a little far fetched because they didn't hint to it in the movie at all. But okay, yeah, it seems like they did. 
Um, my last thing I wanted to discuss was if you did not know what was going to happen, would you have stayed the course or diverted for Icarus One? <gasps> oh, shit. Okay, Good so question. this is one thing about this movie that I really like. It was literally the trolley philosophy question yes. in a movie. <laughs> like, but, like, it was just like ethics 101. Like, what, yeah. well, it, it, with way more complicated stuff going on. But uh, it, it did... What I loved about this movie and what I love about movies that make me do this is I was thinking about it all, like, after, like, all night after. Thinking, yeah. like, what would I have done? Like, would I have... I would have just fucking kept going. I would Same. not have gone for Icarus one. Like, because also like, didn't they say, Oh, they only had supplies for three years. Like, I don't know exactly how distress signals work, but I imagine if they start the distress signal, it's just going to keep going. Even if the crew dies. So I would hear the distress signal and think like, yeah, it's just still going. Like, let's continue with our course. Like if they didn't, obviously we now know if they just stayed the course, everything would have hopefully worked out, but yeah. Anyway, how about you, catcher, how about you what catcher? Would you have done? Um, I always think about that. It. I, I don't know how much of this is influenced in like twenty twenty hindsight and how bad everything goes, but from my perspective, the the reason they they so they find the Icarus one, the first ship that went and it's abandoned, and they have to. There's a distress signal, so they have to decide whether or not to go. And the math in the end is two bombs are better than one. Like they d- because of the complexity of the physics around being that close to the sun and detonating the bomb, the fear is well, if we have two bombs, that's a, a much better chance of us succeeding in this mission. But from my perspective, it's like you've there's n- no reason why you can't continue on your journey, let the bomb go, and then if it doesn't work, go to it go back. Totally. I mean, yes, or maybe, like hit them up maybe, on the way out. I mean, that would require a lot of, like, that's <laughs> yeah. a lot of calculations. Yeah. They uh, only have that, enough... That our calculation office. guy is now dead, so... Isn't it like they were only capable of doing a trip there and then a quarter of the way back? Like, wasn't that the whole thing? No, I think they were able to get back. An- initially, without any In problems. In their initial yes. plan, oh, if, if, they, right. if they weren't, yeah, without all the problems that happened, they would have been able to come back, which is like also my thing. I would have just kept going with the plan because like there's a surefire way. Well, surefire, not really, but like there, there was a decent chance that you were able to go back to Earth. And like, yeah. I guess I'm just like not like brave enough to go for <laughs> the the option that like would make sure that the sun you know it, it did its job it, it did its job i would go with like the option that reass- that assured me to go back into into earth for sure boom what about it's you a- i don't yeah. really understand why they <laughs> <laughs> Why they? Why they even change courses? No, I just like what? What was the question? Like they had to go, so it's so just like on, they would just go ahead, the and then they could potentially just come back, and everything would be fine. No, the pro- no, the thing is, the, the thing that is, that was their initial plan. Yeah, their initial was plan just is to go head straight to the sun. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, they found the Icarus, sun. and then they were like, well, okay, should we go help our homies out? And then we'd also have two bombs. Correct, yes. Yes. And um, Chris Evans and- is like, 
we're obviously not going to do yeah. that. And I literally said out loud at that point, why not? And he goes, do I need to spell it out for you? And it felt like he was literally yelling that directly at me. <laughs> but he was right. <laughs> he was right. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I would do. Like, yeah. it's really hard to say because, A, I'm not equipped for space travel at all. And... <laughs> Just time traveling through <laughs> yeah. film, but not. I'm not. I'm not psychologically um, equipped yeah. to, to handle the burden of something like that. Like I would just be on Earth. Like I would never go. My answer is I would Same. never go at all, and I would just be here, like being like, "Go Icarus too," and and that's my answer. <laughs> like, good luck. <laughs> I'm cold. Yeah. <laughs> See, like I had this. I had this thought too that I'm like I could never be these people who do this but then I also had a thought they exist. I don't know if these people exist like these people who will literally sacrifice their lives to we actually have astronauts now no, but like this they is exist. different like this is like but they <laughs> no but they they're not going into the fucking sun to blow no, it but up they're strapping you know? themselves to a giant rocket that in the the actual average of success considering is actually quite low i know but this is like this is like humanity is oh, i guess maybe yeah. they exist but i don't know Literally maybe this is the 50 percent of the mili- was- people who work in the military <laughs> I am being I am being a huge pessimist, but this entire movie I was like, I don't know. Like, how can you be mm. so brave? But maybe that's just me not being able to like mentally be in that like mm-hmm. headspace yeah. ever, you know, to be like I would I could never do that. Yeah. I would just be like, I'm gonna enjoy my time on Earth and die with my family and we can all die together. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think there's so many different things that factor into like doing something like that, though. Like, that's huge. Being yeah, like, yeah. it's and it's not, it's mostly selfless, but not all. I think there are truly people like the people who like free climb skyscrapers who are just so curious mm. about like the world and what's beyond it and like would be like jumping at a chance to be like yeah sure i'll go like yeet myself into space to like save the world you know like yeah totally um and like i think i like the idea that when they set out like they have this plan set forward and in the plan there's a return journey and i liked the scene when rose Byrne said it's a lot different now with like knowing you might not survive and like knowing for sure you're not going to survive. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for that, like once they all are aware, like we're all going to die, they're like, okay, well now we can just focus all of our energy on the mission, which they already were doing. They were already like ready to lay it all, lay it all in the court for the, uh, for the mission. But if you know, you're, if if you know you're going to die, it's different. You can like give it your like all, all but also I don't know if every human would, know they're going to die and think like, okay, well, I'm going to do extra good work. They might just think, well, now I'm going to like fuck yeah. off because I know I'm going to die. So, Yeah, that's why the yeah. NASA does very intensive yeah. selection processes. It's like right. psychological. And that's why they have a psychiatrist on the ship, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. you ha- like yeah, that's totally. always going to be a goes, human's biggest failure. 
he's the one yeah. who like loses it a bit. They even mention that in the movie. Yeah. It's like it's scared. Chris Evans says something like, "It scares me that you're the psych officer on this ship," as he's like waxing poetic totally. about how beautiful the sun right. is, mm-hmm. like a crazy. Also, person. Totally. the scene where Chris Evans is like going into the coolant. That was some stressful shit. <laughs> oh, that was so stressful. And also, he had the mm, worst death. Definitely. In my opinion. That was well, the yeah, worst death. That, that one felt like it They doxed hurt. him on those dutty sandals. Like, <laughs> at least put man's <laughs> in a <laughs> closed-toe shoe. Like, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> the most accurate comment about this whole movie is that one. Oh my god. It's so true. Totally. I didn't even notice that. Totally. You didn't notice? Um, gross. Yeah, he was barefoot. Uh, or no, he was I, was I hated the sure. scene where they ripped off his arm skin. That was bad. Oh, fuck. That, I felt that. Hated it. I felt that in hated my soul. It. Yeah. And Imagine. Also, that. the captain was in Ringu, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the main, he's the did you did like you just ex. say Pingu? Because oh. we're not talking Pengu. about the ring anymore. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I would l- I would love to talk about Pingu. Anyways, we are running. Pingu is so aggro. Let I'm it, sorry. Let, okay, uh, go. go go go. I you know what's bra- burned into my brain from Pingu the fucking walrus mm. episode. Oh, I don't know. Were you guys Pingu? I was Pingu, Pingu, yeah. Pingu people. I mean, I don't uh, I don't, know I don't remember the episode. episodes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll I'll send you okay, the walrus. Please it's, do. It's, whoa, terif- whoa, whoa. it's terrifying. Okay, should we do? <laughs> hold on, yes, hold on. One more thing. Uh, okay, this is for Maggie. Yes, and I think actually Sophie. The spacesuits in this movie <laughs> Holy are amazing. Shit. They are amazing. They're so there's they looked like the MTV Awards <laughs> space. Yes, yes, man, dipped like, in gold. Dipped you know what I mean? Gold. Like, what is with yes. the eye slit? Like. There's such little visibility when they were fixing the shield. For the sunlight, and- the sunlight. Oh, you want it <laughs> like makes- there's so much sunlight. You want it. Hey, I want to have it concentrated. Oh my that God. makes sense. Actually. Damn it, catcher! But I was like, <laughs> the shot. So I've watched so this sense. movie so many times. <laughs> the shot when um, Rose Byrne is that her name? Mm. Rose Byrne is Burn, suiting yeah. up uh, Killian Murphy. Yes. And yes. like she like puts the helmet on him and they're just like eye to eye that that Yeah, they do this amazing camera shot where they mm-hmm. put the camera, I don't know what kind of lens or camera setup they're using, but they do it where it's like right up against their face, yeah. right up against their yeah. eye. oftentimes there's shots of like someone's it's eye. Like a GoPro. Yeah. And yeah. they put the the camera at this point is like beside his face and it put, she puts the helmet on and you're like and now I'm in the suit. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah, just like totally. you're instantly it, terrified. It's just like yeah. wow, it's very yeah. tight in there. Mm-hmm. Was there sexual? But tension? I love that they were. Oh yeah, they were banging. They were for definitely sure. boning, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were boning for sure. But I loved how they didn't make it yeah. a thing. Yes, yeah. they're just like in bed together. I love that. Like, yeah, there was there was no time in this movie for no, romance. no sexy time. Like no sexy times. But I hope they got it in a yeah. few times. Anyways, um, who is the hag? Of this, this movie. Is easy. This is an this easy is, answer. Oh, this, this is easy. So easy. Yes. Oh, yes. It's Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my hag. As Michelle well. Yeoh. Okay. Plant not hag. only. Plant hag. Exa- thank you. Exactly. She's I was got... going to say Rose Byrne. No. I, I love okay. Michelle Yeoh. She's my mm. fucking girl. But but what is Rose? Uh, do I don't know. That's Rose Byrne. 
Nothing. Uh, well, she yeah. rips someone's arm off. That's kind of haggy. But she rips someone's arm off. It basically off and rips itself off. She tries off. to kill him. It basically <laughs> rips its, itself off. But I agree with Cor- Corazon. It's totally Michelle Yeoh. I just wanted to make you know some kind of argument for someone else, but it's totally what's Michelle her, Yeoh. What's her character's name? Cor- Corazon. Corazon. Yeah. Corazon. Yeah. Because yeah. I yeah I agree. She was very haggy. I think that like I liked how logical she was. Um, like she was she, just ready to kill. Trey, yeah. like without yeah. even like oh. not even like, she was no she was like, Trey. She was like we need to kill three yeah, of yes. us actually like mm-hmm. she was ready yeah. way before they even like diverted that she was like no let's forget icarus one let's just kill three of us and finish the mission she and, she killed, loves like, and, yeah, she and she loves plants and she loves plants like that's she classic would have straight up murked all of them like in like t- oh, to totally. save a leaf like one single <laughs> leaf she'd yeah. be like what? if i have to choose between y'all and you this and the leaf, leaf? <laughs> y'all dead when they what? when they have to suck the oxygen out of her oh out of her thing and and she's engulfed no. she's in that room and it, like the flames are just engulfing yeah. around i was her. just gonna yeah. say that was that was the one i think one of two times that i teared yeah. up mm-hmm. like when because you could just tell that it was like more than that just being like, you know, sustenance for them to like literally live and be able to like make the miss- mission. It was like that was her th- yeah. like her baby. Yeah. That was her thing. Like that was her everything. That was her thing and you felt it. Like that she just lost her entire like world when mm-hmm. that when that went away. So, mm-hmm. uh, that yeah, Michelle Yeoh fucking okay, she's yeah, the head. Sure. She's the Congrats head, Michelle. For sure. Also, it's Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. So. <laughs> she's a True. legend. Um Okay, snack and snack. Who's a snack that you enjoyed in this movie, and what snacks would you eat in their company? Mr. Crispy, crispy chicken, obviously. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> crispy chicken. What from where though? <laughs> yeah, from, from one where? chicken sandwich. Are we going to Popeyes, Popeyes? or are we going KFC? Yeah, KF- <laughs> KFC, the original recipe, baby. That's what I'm talking about. That's not my answer, though. Oh, yeah. Okay, go on. <laughs> well, what is, no, what, no, what is your hear, real yeah, answer? Yeah, what is your answer? I don't know. I actually haven't thought Did about it. Did you think it. Mr. Crispy was her real answer? <laughs> oh, I thought it was. <laughs> who knows? No. Who knows? Okay, Maggie, who was yours while well, Boom thing? So mine, I have to say, there were a lot of good snack options. Like, I didn't, this wasn't an easy pick yeah. for me, but I actually think it was Killian Murphy was my snack. I've never really found him super snackable before, but I did find him snacky in this movie, and I would eat crispy bacon with him. Mm. He seems like he has an iron deficiency. <laughs> They're in space. They all have <laughs> iron deficiencies. Seemed, he, he felt sick, but he is pretty cute. Mm. Sophie, what about you? Anyways. Mr. Snack. <laughs> um... <laughs> Sorry, that was that rude. That was bordering on rude. Um, I think mine is Michelle Yeoh. Like she, she looks snacky, fucking mm-hmm. good, and um, yeah, I just love a badass, badass woman. Just she was doing her thing. So I think Michelle Yeoh is my snack, and I would eat uh, a power bowl with her. Oh. Just like, you know, quinoa, sweet potato, mm. avocado, like a, just a good old mm. like power bowl. Yeah. She would love some that. Vegan, some vegan shit while, while Jess eats the crispy chicken with Mr. Crispy. I actually made 
inspired by Margaret, like made myself a like power bowl and there was so much of it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to eat this like forever. And then today I was like, I'm going to go home and eat my power bowl. And then I ordered chicky nuggies. Yeah. That's, that's sometimes you just need balance mm-hmm. in your life. Um, I respect that. Catcher, who's your snack and what snack would you eat? Okay, so the snack that we're eating is Wong's uh, shitty stir fry that he's cooking up at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Yeah, honestly, that, I couldn't uh, remember. Oh, I couldn't yeah. even remember them eating it all in this movie. So it was just right at the beginning. It's at the very beginning. It's like there's a couple like cutaway shots where oh, uh, yeah. when it's Chris Evans and him cook uh, like talking. Yeah, Chris Evans is like, "This is like you're doing this again." He's like, "Well, you can pick what you want when it's your time to cook." Like, I love the right. insight of like, "Oh, they actually some of them are taking turns cooking and stuff." Mm-hmm. Uh, so we would be eating uh, Wong's shitty stir fry. But I'd be eating it with Alex Garland, who's the writer of this movie, because I just think he's an absolute <laughs> genius. Wow, absolute genius. Is he a snack too? I, I wouldn't. I, I'm not sure. I'd call him a snack, but his brain is brilliant. Okay, that's, and that's his that's brain's not the point. a snack. That's not the point. Well, of it is this if, segment, if you find intelligence be, sexy, as I do. It can be whatever you want oh, it to be. Yeah, I think he's not. not I also a snack. think he's kind he's of not, snacky from what I've just seen. He, 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 yeah, he's kind of cute. So yes, I'm eating shitty um, Wong shitty stir fry with Alex Garland, and I get to pick his it. brain as we sit on the beach. And Jess, have that. you? Do you have your modified snack? Yes. Um, obviously, I don't like. It's um, Canada. Yes. Oh, like, the captain. Oh, he, that was my second choice. What, also a, what a dish. Yes. He is oh, a, just like very hot, but his character is just like super noble and like courageous. Hot. And, you know, he was a good captain. Gets, takes one for the team, literally. Um, he felt like a captain. Yes, absolutely. And when, when he died, then you were like, well, shit like this is not good for the team Mm -hmm. especially because the assistant captain was a wet blanket and a half like (laughs) yeah Yeah. troy's the worst worst. yeah he's the worst wait what would jess what would you eat with with uh with him um i'm gonna just keep it as like crispy chicken i think that would be Mm. fine yeah for me like he'd probably if he were to make it back from space travel I think he'd be like have a super big appetite, and I think like what's more filling than some crispy fried chicken? Mm. I love yeah. it, love it. Um, yes, let's recast some people. If this, if Sunshine was made in 2021, who would you want to see in any of the roles? I have not thought about this. I have a cheat answer, which is you'd have no way of knowing because everyone was so unknown at the time. Right. The only way you could recast it is with people you don't know who they are yet. Mm, so, I like that. I don't know. And they also, they're like the perfect... Extremely unknown. They're also like, if you were like to take these actors now, like... They could like, still do these it. These are the people... Yeah. yeah, like these are the people you... Oh, would, they like, could These still are the people it. that you'd get. Like these exact people are so mm-hmm. perfect for the roles that they're in. Although I you just You can interchange saw- like Rose Byrne with any one of those like like unknown like... White actress chicks that you could just yeah. pick one and throw. Rose yeah. killed it, I'd say though. I thought she was great. Yeah. She did great. Like, she, um, everyone yeah, is yeah. doing their part perfect. Like yeah. everyone is like doing yeah. exactly what the movie needs them to do. I yeah, my recast. Totally. I've only recasted one character, and it's Kappa. And I would recast Ooh. him as Adam Driver. 
Mm. Oh. Oh. Because, oh, well, all of your face is during that really Interesting. Like, I don't... Just because I, I find them think... hot in the same weird way. <laughs> no. God knows. Killian Murphy is, like, small and scraggly, and Adam Driver's, like, a fucking hunk of a man. Okay. He's, like, seven <laughs> foot and, like, a slab of man. He is a slab of man. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to see Adam Driver in this movie. So, I'm just picturing like so Adam will. Driver trying to save the world, like in space. And I wish it's, I could it's like Star Wars. I wish I could. No, <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I don't know. He was trying to destroy it yeah. for a while. He came around. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he came around. Spoiler. Um, <sighs> Jess, do you have anyone you would want to recast no, in 2021? I think the cast is perfect, and I don't have any recastings. I don't think I do either. Just Adam Driver, I guess. Let's let's mm. throw Adam Driver in this. I I, I love he's hot cast. in space. And honestly, I liked. Yeah. I I think that Chris Evans is hot, but he's just like too generic looking. But mm. like, and I also just didn't. His hair at the very bad. beginning of this is it's, it's bad wig. Bad 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 bad. bad, bad. Um, yeah. But yeah, he he was good too. He was like a, a runner up snack for me. But so was like literally everyone in the yeah. cast. Um, um, and I also just love seeing a pre-Captain America mm. Chris Evans because just reminds you of who he actually is and not this superhuman. He feels like more attainable somehow. <laughs> yes. Like he seems like way more of a normal yeah. dude than this like, you know, robot. I don't have the anxiety not- of having to like go to the gym like 12 times before going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> love it. Okay. We have a couple um, fans, our biggest fans who wrote Ooh. in. Um Let's hear, we have one letter, and it's from our dear friend Marcy. Marcy. We all know she's our really good friend from the 70 millimeter Discord that we're all in and that you should join too yeah, join for Bucks Month. Um, we get to talk about movies and have fun. Anyways, Marcy wrote us and said, Hello, lovely hags and honorary hag catcher. I love the movie Sunshine so much. Alex Garland is one of my favorite writers slash directors in Hollywood. One thing I really enjoy about this movie is how almost every crew member dies around whatever their job on the ship was or the thing they enjoyed the most. Example, Mm. Michelle Yeoh is the botanist and dies with her plants. It took me a couple of watches to realize this. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the movie. I want to nominate The Sun as the hag of this movie. Mind blown. Marcy, I love you for this. This is amazing. She's stubborn and does what she wants mm. and needs a spaceship sacrifice to make her feel better. This is an all-time favorite ending of mine as well. I love the show and I love you ladies. Thank you, Marcy. Thank you, Marcy. Marcy. Okay. Genius. Sun is the Hag is That's like... That's a great call. Sun, the, the best sun response. Is the hag. My mind is blown. Yeah. Yes. The sun is... We can... As Hags, we are the mm. sun. Mm-hmm. Really. Mm. I take um, back. I take um, back even being remotely mean about you picking not Michelle Yeoh before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry about that because we were also wrong. So I'm it's sorry. The sun. Um, yeah. Also, Marcy's given this movie five stars on Letterboxd. Five stars, as she should. And wow. Catcher, you've only given it four. Should be four and a half. Yeah. That's my fault. Should okay. be four and a half. Yeah, my star ratings right. bumped bumping up after this viewing and this oh, really? chat. Yeah. Oh really? Okay, really? good. I like that. I enjoyed this uh, yeah, movie a lot. Yeah, I think this lot. is probably going to be like it's between a four and a four and a half. To Same. Me. I didn't love the crispy guy, but now that we've talked about crispy man, mm-hmm. 
I, I think I'm liking it more. The airlock. I'm gonna watch it again for sure. The airlock jump is is the only thing that's bringing it down for me. That one specific scene. Yeah. But um, okay, we also have a voicemail from our friend Kev. Oh. Hey Hags, it's Kev. You asked for it. Here I am to talk about Kev. Sunshine. What better guest than Catcher? Of course. I'm Aww. so excited to hear what he has to Aww. say about this movie. When I first saw it, completely by accident. I watched the entire movie with the descriptive audio turned on. And (laughs) it's basically just a narrator talking over the action of the movie. But for Sunshine, it was this weird, very intense British voice. You know, say I'm sitting here with Audacity open and I hit the record button and then Kevin sends a voicemail to film hags. And that carries on for the entire movie. He's there with you the whole time. Honestly, rewatches of this movie throughout the years, um, it's just not the same. So I was wondering if there was a movie experience you've had that is similar to that, where accidentally you don't quite get the movie that you expected, and your unique experience changes Mm. it for you forever. Anyway, love the show, love the formats, the Hags Royale are all excellent. Catcher, again, can't wait to hear what you have to say. And uh, just a reminder that on Cameo, you could pay celebrities to say whatever you want within reason. (laughs) Just felt like saying that. No context. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I love Thank you so much. Okay. Just just quickly, Hag Royale is actually, like, the greatest name. Like, when when that posted... I fell. I fell <laughs> off my seat. I was like, I, no I can't believe how good that is. Like it's, it was great. So I have to concur <laughs> with Kevin on that. Thank you, thank you. It. I think we just said it in passing once, and then we're like, okay, Hag Royale. This is what mm-hmm. it's got to be. So um, for Kev's question, okay, does anyone have? So for Kev's question, also, I love that he just watched the whole movie with descriptive audio. The I want to know, like, that did, would be... did he think? Kev, did you think that that was like how the movie was supposed to be consumed, or did you realize later? Oh wait, that was wrong. Or I guess those well, are the he same actually option. DM'd us on Instagram, and I think that was the case. Oh. Like he didn't learn until like rewatches that that is not how the movie <laughs> was supposed to go. So he thought there was like this British narrator, just a shit, the entire a time. shit voiceover. I love this that. movie. Just yeah, has exactly. the worst case of voiceover. I don't know if I have an experience like that. Do any of you have like an experience where you watched a movie and then found out that you were watching it completely wrong? Well, it was sort of when we watched. um, So like Sophie, you and I watched Sound of Metal together. And I think we saw it like in like the way it was like intended to be seen with um, like the subtitles. subtitles. But then the subtitles um, are... Are the subtitles there the whole time? I can't remember. The subtitles, the subtitles are there throughout all of the uh like spoken word audio, mm-hmm. but when anyone is signing, signing there's no there's subtitles. no subtitles. Okay, then never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you thought you watched it wrong? No, I think it was the actually the second viewing I watched it because it didn't have that that way, so there was just like no subtitles yeah. at all. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, <laughs> there was never, ever subtitles for um, the signing, which I think is genuinely good and has nothing to do with Kev's question. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I had that experience also where I didn't get the subtitles for 
uh, Sound of Metal, which I thought was weird. Like, it didn't give even give me the option to turn them on, yeah. which was, at the time, I thought very strange. Um, but my moment like this, this is perfect because I get to talk about one of my favorite movies ever that I won't stop talking about, uh, The Fountain. This is perfect. Yes. So, when I went to go see The Fountain, uh, it was, like, at an old shitty theater in my hometown in Brampton. And I guess, wh- however they set up the projection, the bottom part of the screen, there's a lot of subtitles that happen in the movie. There's, like, some Mayan c- characters that are speaking, uh, that their dialogue is written uh, in subtitle. Oh, I remember. And this was completely cut off. So I had no way of oh. knowing what they were saying. And I thought that was, like, an artistic choice on behalf of the director being like, it's like what they're saying is not vital. Like you'll get it through the the visuals. And for the most part, I did for the most part, I did like, I was like, this is such a brave choice, Darren. Like, (laughs) I love you. You're so, you're so cool. Uh, And in fact, it was just bad projection. Oh no. But (laughs) but, such a brave choice. It was, I was like, wow, man, I love that. That's so cool. (laughs) You're so brave, but it's not, it's just, an idiot. But do, do you think that takes away from the movie in any way? No, like I just, it just made you more invested in like the visual, like it made you try and suss out what was happening through the visuals. And like you always sort of yeah, knew, totally. like it, I wasn't so completely lost that I didn't understand. Um, yeah. And there's also not that much in it, so. Yeah. But yeah, that. How about you, Maggie? I, mine is like not really a thing, but mine is the movie, The Butterfly Effect. The first time I watched it, I watched the director's... <laughs> I thought about that movie I, so I know. But the first time oh. I watched it, I watched the director's cut, not the theatrical version, and the ending is, like, very different. And better. Um, and, be- and I would argue better. Okay, so you have seen the director's cut. I have, yes. Okay. I think I might have, too. I don't know. Okay. I think I like the uh, the theatrical better. And honestly, okay, it's wait. kind of turned me off of director's cuts wait, in wait, general. Wait. Which one is the one that he dies in the womb? That's the director's cut. He not he doesn't okay. just die in the he womb. Chokes he chokes himself ki- on he the umbilical kills cord. himself. It's Spoilers amazing. Spoilers for Butterfly Effect director's cut. What's but I have I have seen. And what's I remember the, what's the theatrical? Do you know the, the theatrical difference? is he just goes back to a he kid. lives. He becomes a kid. He sees the little girl because like his I think I can't remember her name. I want to say it's Jenny, but that's like Forrest Gump, so it's probably not Jenny. Anyway, but he sees Jenny. We'll call her. Because he knows that Jenny stays in the town because she likes him as a friend. Oh, and he, he just says, walks away or something. No, no. He says, like, I hate you. I wish, like, he says something mean to her. He, yeah. So that yes. she doesn't want to yes. stay and she goes with her mom instead. And then later on in life, they cross paths. And, like, that's how the movie ends. I want ends. to do this movie Maybe for we Film should Hanks, do it. It's so burned into my brain. I used to oh. watch Butterfly Effect all the this fucking time. There's so many scenes that are burned Absolutely into burned into my brain as well. Uh, clearly, although obviously I don't remember the little yeah. girl's name. But, and that kind of turned me off director's cuts because I feel like sometimes, like, the Lord of the Rings Extended Edition would, like, that'd probably be a director's cut, but, like, obviously that's, like, the only way I would want to consume Lord of the Rings. But even, like, Aliens, I've never seen the director's cut because I'm too traumatized. I'm like, well, I'm just going to watch the theatrical because I don't want the directors to do anything wacky and totally change the story on me. Apparently it's better, though. Um, I know. And like when I've listened to the 70 millimeter episode, I was like, okay, obviously I should be watching the director's cut. But yeah, Sometimes that's mine. the director's cut is just a money grab. So I understand your trepidation. But. Yeah, totally. Great question, Kev, though. Thank Great you for question. your voicemail. Yeah, agreed. Um, catcher, this has been so much fun. Thank you. I feel like this is the most philosophical 
we've gotten mm. on a podcast on, on film hags. And I knew it was going to happen, but I loved it. I feel like we went we went deep. And honestly, I'd never heard of this movie before. And thank you so much for introducing yeah. it to me. I loved it. I really loved it. I don't know why. I, I literally have never heard of this movie before Same. you suggested it. It wasn't like it wasn't like a big splash when it came out. It sort of like came out and fizzled pretty quickly. So I just it's like one of those movies that I wonder why just, it didn't it do so well. Easily. It seemed like it probably didn't do so well. Did it? Two thousand seven's chick flick Sunrise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the problem. This is the problem. Yeah, but, yeah. This is the problem. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate. Yeah, you we, guys like inviting me on. I'm really, I'm really. I was. I've been like so hyped for this for like weeks i just i've been telling everybody it's an absolute pleasure we love you so much and everyone please go listen to synonauts i know you guys are probably taking a break right now because your co-host ian is a brand new dad with the cutest baby ever i've never wanted kids before but can i just tell you my ovaries are tingling i need (laughs) to have a child now because i want to have a perfect baby like ian's baby isla I know. Isla. Isla have one of those. (laughs) 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 And good night, everyone. Thank you very much. That's it. That's it. Mic drop. Mic drop. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. We got to go. Catcher. Thank you so much, Catcher. Yeah. Everyone watch. (laughs) Watch. Everyone listen to (laughs) Synonauts. We're delirious at this point. Everyone go watch, go listen to Synodots. And um, Maggie and I will be back next week for another Hag Royale. Just just c- come next Tuesday with, you know, open minds and open hearts. You don't need to prepare for anything. Um, and we'll be going head to head again on something. So we will see you next Tuesday. And have a good night. Goodbye. Bye.